Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hey, Jake. Yes, sir. Did you know it is our anniversary month? How long have we been married? (laughs) No, the show. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I did know The that, show's actually. anniversary. We are turning six years old, and to celebrate that- We're going to first grade. We're <laughs> close. We're giving a discount on our Patreon. If you join the year-long subscription to the Patreon, you can get 15% off during the month of May. You can find out everything about our Patreon at patreon.com slash thecritshow, but all tiers for the month of May are 15% off when you sign up for the annual membership. Is that as exciting as first grade? You know, now that I'm kind of remembering back to first grade, that's far better than first grade. everybody rev here just a reminder that we are on a bit of a break between seasons three and four today starts the first episode of our four-part D one-shot that we played uh where everyone's characters were designed by a poll i published on twitter uh that a bunch of folks voted on uh, so they will get handed their characters as we start the game here and then for the four weeks following the D one-shot each week we'll have a different one-page rpg included one created by Tass, so that'll be a lot of fun. And then we will be back the first Wednesday in August with the start of Season 4 of Other Side of the Coin. But between now and July 2nd, you can submit any questions you have about Season 3 to us through the website or through email at thecastatthegritshowpodcast.com. And the very last episode of July will be the Season 3 Q&A. We'll answer the questions that you have submitted, as well as leave you with a little teaser at the end for what is coming in Season 4. Uh, And lastly, I want to take a moment to thank all of the patrons who joined us in the month of May. Joshua Murray, Daniel Fox, Cameron Gall, Wade Owl, Shannon Steger, Daniel Bailey, Matthew Gushta, Daniel Folkenheim, Saki Asakura, Magic Lenyu, Jackson Swain. I'm not sure if this is Bjarni or BJ Arnie or Bjarni, one of those. Jared Pandolfi, Matt M., Matt Lettingham, Jason Burns, Rebecca Hall. Amy Johnson, Elok Narf, Kevin Tompos, Megan Rape, and Kelly G. So thank you to everyone who joined us in the month of May, and thank you to everyone who joins us every month on our Patreon. You can find everything about our Patreon at patreon.com slash thecritshow. Tears start at just $1, and that gets you access to the most aggressively welcoming Discord on the internet. Uh, so you can join us there, take part in the discussions, the monthly cooking contests, the gift exchanges, the movie nights, the happy hour on Friday nights where people have drinks and play games. And you also get access to a ton of bonus content, swag and different merch, as well as discounts and teasers, just a whole plethora of things that even if I tried to list it all right now, I'm sure something would escape my memory. So uh, again, you can find all of that over at patreon.com slash the crit show. Thank you everybody for joining us. And I hope that you enjoy our D and D one shot.
Hey, everybody. Welcome to our little break that we're taking from the other side of the coin. This is going to be the month of June. Uh, these first four episodes in June are going to be this little D&D adventure that I found online and that over a hundred of you voted to decide what characters the people at the table are going to be playing. Holy damn. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So is everybody ready to learn what the people have picked for you? Yeah. More than anything in the world. I'm stoked. So as I mentioned on the survey uh, where you voted for what it was everyone here is going to play, we are using Ancestry and Culture, an alternative to race in D&D 5e by Arcanist Press. Uh, So in this, instead of race, you have your ancestry and your culture. Ancestry is what you were born, and your culture is how and where you were raised. So, Jake. Yeah. Jake, the fourth level bard. Oh. I love it. Who is a gnome. Oh. Raised by orcs. Oh. (laughs) Beautiful. Kim. Yes. The fourth level barbarian. Nice. (laughs) Who is an elf. Cool. Raised by tieflings. Ooh. Yeah. Megan. Oh, boy. The fourth level warlock. Oh. Okay. Who is a halfling. Yeah. Yep. Raised by elves. Ooh. Oh, all right. And Tass, the fourth level monk. Oh. Hell yeah. Who is a human. Yeah. Raised by humans. <laughs> Which I feel like Wild. they all did on purpose because out of all of us, Tass is the one who would never want to never be human in any way, shape, or form. No, I. In real life, I don't want to be human anymore. The only just way. A monk. The, the only way this could have been better is if you had been just a fighter, a commoner, just a fucking an NPC class, the farmer who is a human raised by humans. Huh. <laughs> so we are going to take a small break here so they can look over these character sheets that I have built for them. They're going to fill in a couple things, maybe generate a little bit of a backstory, and then we're going to launch into it. So we will see you right after this sound clip. All right, and we are back. So let's take a moment. Each of you tell me about yourselves. Uh, my name is Capo Axelrust. I am the gnome bard. I am uh, an aggressive little man. Uh, I've got a, a, a spiky red mohawk with a matching red handlebar mustache. Uh, I carry a drum, a horn, and a lyre. I, I lead the armies. Uh, I am a, a war a war bard, so I like to lead into battle and, and buff people and uh, you know occasionally heal, but mostly I like to devastate with my music. Nice. Uh, I am playing an elf barbarian raised by tieflings, uh, and my primal path is Path of the Berserker. So imagine like an elf who looks basically exactly like Sarah Connor from Terminator 2, like just cut. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, the a typical naming convention with tieflings is that you have a virtue name, so a name that you try to exemplify. And I think that this is a this is a virtue that she tries to exemplify and a, a virtue that her tiefling culture sort of named her in hopes that she would one day exemplify this. My barbarian's name is Patience. Love it. Uh, I am playing a halfling warlock who was raised by elves. Uh, her name is Astrid, and I think it's... It's really interesting to think about a halfling being raised by elves. I think that she's not very tall as a halfling, um, so like two feet or so, but 
it's kind of one of those whatever you believe yourself as, that's the kind of energy you put out. So being raised by these very tall, beautiful creatures, she just acts like she is as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I think about like two feet and like very long black hair and doesn't wear armor, but has uh, these, these nice bracers. And my otherworldly patron as a warlock is the Archfey. And I am playing Stanley Jones, but please just just Stan. Don't need to go through all that pomp and circumstance. Uh, I'm a human, raised by humans, <laughs> uh, wearing uh, like kind of a kind of a tan shirt, brown pants, you know, some sandals. Got a nice stick. I use it for walking. I guess happy to help out, you know, if it's needed or whatever. It's fine. Excellent. So again, before we get into this, I want to thank all of you who took the time to vote on these combinations that we are going to see played out here. So we find the four of you in a relatively small town. Where are you in this town? I think uh, sweeping out the small chapel that's used for various religious goings on. Just kind of keeping it clean, you know, in working order. I'm uh I'm I'm getting drunk in an alley with some of my mates being raucous. Did you're drinking? I'll ask. What time is it? Middle of the day. Nice. <laughs> I think I'm uh in a fighting pit somewhere. I'm just fighting for money. And I think I am going around to different shops and just trying to see if I can find any uh anything interesting for sale. So you all have some level of familiarity with each other. Whether it is you have adventured together you've guarded a caravan together, or maybe you've just run into each other in the town. How do you know one another? What are your connections to all the other characters? I think I've just generally helped them out with random things, whether it's literally as mundane as helping them carry something heavy that I see them struggling with, or maybe there's a a brawl starting in a public space or something, and I, I help break it up. Or, or come to their defense. You know, just kind of a lot of little mundane things where I pop in and, oh, hey, how you doing there, buddy? And, and help them out and, and then fuck off. Okay, so you have like little constant contact with everybody. Yeah, I think so. Not like little, like minute, but <laughs> small and frequent. Yeah, yes. As opposed to like little contact. Exactly. But little contact. <laughs> Speaking of little contact, uh, <laughs> I think I kind of wander around and kind of act as like an impromptu like legal aid in the sense of like if somebody's in trouble I'm very good at helping them talk their way out of it for for a small fee nice I think that's how you and I know each other I think you've you've sort of come to my aid when I've occasionally run afoul of people Uh, I think I've tried to convince all of them on multiple occasions to join the fighting force that I'm a part of I think I think it would be really interesting to have a such a motley crew. What does your fighting force look like? Is it like all orcs? Is it a hodgepodge of fighters? Uh, I think it is orc led, but it is it is uh, all inclusive. Anybody can join if you prove your metal. Um, and we're we're it's kind of oh no I've made a, I'm I'm making a mercenary by accident. But they're basically mercenaries. Like they're just <laughs> they are a hireable. They just like the fight. They're yeah. not like murderous necessarily. Like they don't like the kill. They like the fight. So. They'll defend a town. They'll do whatever. But they're just kind of a, a, a four higher miniature army. Then, yeah, I think I'm part of that, like 100%. I would go where the good fights are. You know, in this small town, we've got a chapel. We have got a little fighting arena. Uh, we've got some fine shops. And between all of these things, alleyways. Mm-hmm. How many people do you think live in this town? Is it uh, 11? 
<laughs> just you four, oh, four and, and your and your mates. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Is that is that who Kim's character's fighting all the time? Yeah, just <laughs> fighting my friends one by yeah, one. Gets beat up and then goes and drinks with you. Yes. How big is this town? And is it kind of a a transient population, or is it kind of the same people in town all the time? No, I think it fluctuates. I think people just kind of pass through here and get what they need and move on. But sometimes people stay for a bit and sometimes they don't. We're kind of like a trendy stopover, kind of like a suburb of like a major city mm. in the world. We're somewhere that's got like the the attractions. We've got the shops and the fighting pits and shit like that. Nice. So actual population, like a couple thousand, but like a, a significantly more on any given day. They're just not there long. Yeah. You're kind of like a college town. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, and what's this? What is this place called? Bloomington. <laughs> <laughs> Turnpike. Okay. So in the town of Turnpike, where we have a constant flux of people coming into town, visiting the fighting pits, visiting the very beautiful, pristine chapel, and also patronizing all of the stores here. It's a pretty normal afternoon. Patience, as you are in the fighting pit, you kind of hear more commotion than you're used to. Coming from outside of the pit, like you're used to people like cheering and shouting, but there's a lot of like shouting and gasping. And as you kind of look out of the corner of your eye, you can see there's like people jumping out of the way of something. Astrid, as you are looking at some of the items in this window, you see this blur pass behind you. This cacophony of gasps and grunts as something goes by very quickly. You see the same thing, Capo, as you are drinking with your friends. Just this blur goes by the alleyway. Stan, outside of your church as you sweep the dirt out, you see barreling towards you a sheep just sprinting straight at you. Oh, hey there, little guy. That doesn't seem safe. It stops in front of you. Oh, uh, are you lost, little guy? Meh, meh. Oh, well, which way's, uh, which way's your herd? Let me get you back. It turns and runs away, back towards the center of town. Oh, it must be that way, and I'm gonna jog after it. Uh, what is everyone else doing? I know that Patience is in the middle of a fight, or, or have you cleanly dispatched this victim? Oh, I don't know. Let's see. Okay. That's a 21 to hit. Yeah, yeah, you have, uh finished off the opponent that you have in the fighting pit with you right now and you can see that people in the stands are actually climbing up over the side to like watch what's going on on the street i mean i want to look after the commotion that i saw go by and see what it was or if it has had a resolution yet yeah you peek your head out of the alley drink in hand and you see a sheep barreling in your direction down the road seems like it's coming away from the church does it seem like it's moving at a speed that a sheep should be able to go? Normal sheep speed. Normal sheep speed. Okay. Yeah. And everybody else seems just like fascinated. Not even fascinated, but it keeps like running into people and then stopping and looking at them and then moving on to the next group. And it seems to have little regard for who it bumps into. I think maybe I'm just kind of mage handing the sheep, like trying to keep it on track. Like as it goes to run into people, maybe I just kind of mage hand to like push it back into the middle of the road. As you mage hand it, it stops. And it turns and it looks at you and it runs over to you. Okay. I imagine I'm like eye level with the sheep probably. Yes, uh -huh. Yeah. I want to I want to kind of like narrow my eyes at it and see what it does. It narrows its eyes back. I want to tilt my head one way. It tilts its head the other way. And when it does, you can see that it's wearing a collar and there's a scroll tucked underneath the collar. 
Oh, I'll take that scroll. Yeah, you pull the scroll out, and there is a wax seal on it. And the wax seal indicates that this is a altered scroll of Talk to Animal. Uh, do I have the ability to use that? You do. Because it is altered, like you open it up to examine it, and it seems like anyone reading this could use it. Like, normally you would have to have it in your spell options, which I think is a bard you do, but this one is designed so that anyone can use it. Uh, then I'm going to cast this spell. Stan, having seen the sheep run away uh, and following it, you see that it has now stopped at Capo, and it seems like Capo is messing with a collar on its neck. Astrid and Patience, what are both of you doing? I wasn't expecting a whole lot of nonsense today. I thought this was just a good shopping day, but I'm definitely intrigued. And uh, I think I, I think I would go over to find out what's going on. I'm very interested to to find out. But I I don't love how fast that sheep was running and how recklessly. So I'm going to go ahead and cast Mage Armor <laughs> just in case. Okay. Yeah, so you uh, cast Mage Armor and start heading in the direction that you saw it moving last. Uh, and you can see it. Standing in front of Capo and Stan is approaching. I think I'm collecting whatever money I just won and grabbing my great axe. And I want to exit this fighting ring and try to find the cause of the commotion. Yeah, so you begin to exit the fighting ring. And about this time, Capo, you start to read through the scroll and it activates. And it will be active for 10 minutes. I'm going to start a timer here. Oh, no. I don't even have a character voice yet. <laughs> That's going to take eight of those minutes. <laughs> and as soon as you read this, you hear the boss start to translate into words. Bah, 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 for God's sake, can you not understand me? Someone's clearly got to be able to understand me. Well, I can now. Oh, oh, good. What's What seems to be the problem, sheep? I, I need some help. I, I'm not a sheep, first off. I'm not a sheep. You're looking awful lot like a sheep. Yes, I realize that. My name is Finther Shinebright. And I am a brilliant mage. That seems a little bit braggadocious. Well, I'll have you know that I invented such marvelous things as uh, I, well, I cleared the roads around here for many years. Giant boulders would fall from the nearby mountains and they would call shine bright. And I would change those rocks into bunnies and we would all eat well that night. That's a pretty impressive thing for a sheep to do. Yes, I agree. What's you said Wait, you no, need help. No, I just said I'm not a sheep. You said you need help. Yes, I just now, at this point, was able to escape from... And as he says this, his words are cut off by three sets of howls that fill the air. And again, there is a commotion coming down the street, people being knocked out of the way. I think that Patience sees this first because they are almost directly behind you as you have left the fighting pit. But there is a orc dressed in rugged armor and he has three wolves on leashes and there is a massive man behind him wearing a brown cloak and these wolves are sniffing the ground and the orc spots the sheep and starts to walk towards the three of you here following patience towards the sheep oh no oh no 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 oh they're here they're going to take me away who are they oh they're the muscles the, the strong men they work for my former apprentice what do they want with your sheep they want to take me back, imprison me. Why? Because, because my apprentice, geez, he's, he's so, he's so mean. I think he may have slowly lost his mind. He, he did this to me. He turned me into this sheep you see before you. And the orc's voice cuts through the crowd. Excuse me there. Seems like you've got the property of, uh, of our master. He'd like that sheep back. He's very particular to it. Gross. <laughs> it's just kind of a mascot-like thing. Oh, 
Well, I think the sheep's taken a liking to me, so... Gross. Well, it's kind of a mascot thing. Yeah, that's nice, but uh, that sheep's coming back with me. My master will be real upset if he don't see it again. Oh, hey there, Capo. Uh, other other folks, this is your this is your sheep? Yes. Well, not mine directly. It belongs to the great wizard, Noak. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of clean up around town. If you got the brand for the sheep to show, then... Uh, you know, I could, uh, I-, I could release it back to your custody. It's not a brand. It's on the collar. Oh, I don't really, I don't know what to do about a, a collar situation. You don't have to worry about doing much anything. I'm just coming to take him back. And he walks forward with the three wolves pulling at the leashes. And as he gets closer, he hands off the three wolves to the man in the large brown coat behind him and starts to reach for the sheep. I think I stand up and and take a stance in front of the sheep. Uh, I'm sorry. I believe you are mistaken. This is not your sheep. These wolves aren't wrong. Well, they must not be able to recognize the branding of somebody else, particularly a force as well-known and strong as the power cords. And I will cast Prestidigitation to make the symbol of this band of mercenaries uh, appear on the sheep. Where is everyone else standing around the sheep uh, i mean i think i'm just still just standing right in front of it is, has it just shut up this whole time yeah like it's just you can see that it's staring at him and it's not talking anymore yeah i think i'm standing in front of it like kind of innocuously but like ready to be between the sheep and the people if i need to be okay i think i've kind of stepped up next to him as well with my broom i think astrid's gotten me out of uh out of plenty of uh difficult situations and so now that i see her standing up to a big half orc i think i'm starting to move to stand next to astrid in case she needs uh she needs backup yeah so as the three of you kind of line up between him and the sheep Astrid does a 16 hit you. Uh yep. And i'm going to assume that 11 does not hit either of you. Correct. Sure does not. <laughs> okay. So Astrid, you take seven points of damage, <gasps> and the two of you feel this blade bounce off of you as he very quickly draws this great axe and spins and hits all three of you, but the two of you are unaffected by this attack, and everybody roll initiative. 18. 14. 7. 11. As he does this spin, that was his surprise round. The man in the huge brown coat lets go of the wolves and sloughs this coat off. Underneath this brown cloak and this hood is a bear, and it starts to run at you. It moves up to patience because she is the largest threat and takes a swing. Uh, 19. Hits. Six points of damage. Uh... What kind of damage is that? Piercing. And then the second attack is a 21. Hits. And this is a claw, so this is slashing. Okay. Uh, that is 11 points of damage. Oh. Patience. Uh, I'm going to rage as my bonus action. I'm going to attack the bear. 18 to hit. That hits. 17 points of damage. Anything else? Uh, No, that's it. It is Guz's turn. Stan does a 19 hit. Yeah. Uh, He does this spin again, and he misses Patience and hits Stan for nine points of damage. Okay. Stan, it is your turn. Well, uh, my ready position is always with my foot right on the bristles of this broom so that when I uh, tug the handle up, I've just got my quarterstaff in hand. (laughs) So I'd better club this guy right in the jaw with it. Does a 17 hit? 
It does. All right. So that's eight damage, and I want to spend a key to do my flurry of blows. All right, roll it. Uh, A 16. That hits. And a 12. That does not hit. Okay. So that's six damage for the one that did. Capo. Uh, What's the half-orc's name? Guz. Guz, I think we got off on the wrong foot, uh, and I'm going to try to charm person. Oh, okay. So I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. I'm sure it's not going to be great. I hope so. 12? That fails. Okay. Uh, Although, it does so with advantage if we are fighting it. Ah, seven. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Uh, So Guz is charmed by me. Okay. uh, Which means he regards me as a friendly acquaintance. Uh, So charmed creature can't attack the charmer or target the charmer with harmful abilities or magical effects. uh, And I have advantage on any ability check to interact socially with the creature. Okay. Uh, And I just want to say, why don't you call off all your beasties and we we can talk about this like friends. Yeah, maybe that's a good idea. He's going to uh, try and persuade his allies. Why don't you all uh, stand down? This will be fine. I think we can work this out ourselves. And you notice that they don't pay him any mind. Well... At least I got one off our back. Yeah. <laughs> Astrid. Yeah, I think the wolves aren't close enough, uh, but I'm going to try to cast my fey presence on the bear. Is that a uh, roll or do I need to make a saving throw? So you are going to make a wisdom saving throw with a DC of 13. Okay. Six. Okay. Yeah. So I can choose for them to either become charmed or frightened by me until the end of my next turn. Uh, so... I'm, I'm going to go with Charmed and get this bear on board. All right. So you you charm this bear. The wolves all close in around the sheep. And Capo, make a perception check. 13. You notice as these wolves are approaching, their eyes are uncomfortably intelligent. Like it does not seem like the eyes of an animal. And one of them gets up next to the sheep and strikes out at it. And you see it snap out with its jaws and take a bite out of the sheep. And everyone hears the sheep. Ah, Jake, you hear. Oh, God. Ouch. Uh, we are back around to the bear who is charmed. And you can see that he is reaching out one of his big bear paws towards you, trying to, like, caress your shoulder. Patience. I am still under the impression that we're trying to protect this sheep. So I'm going to take a swing at the wolf that is closest to me. And that's going to be reckless, which means I roll with advantage. Okay. That is a 23 to hit. That hits. 16 points of damage. This wolf gets hit and lets out a cry and slumps down to the ground and kind of rolls over and and shows its belly. I think that in this moment, Guz sees you turn around and strike at his wolf and I don't think he goes after you, but it seems like he would defend his his animals. Is that justifiable, you think, with this charm? That it's not you, but it's... Because the charm does not stop it from uh, attacking the whole party. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, it stops him from uh, attacking the charmer. Okay. So, I mean, he might be like, hey, what the fuck? And hey, then fight back. Yeah, yeah. Don't hurt my dog. Hey, your buddy just said we were cool. What the hell? Yeah. Well, I can't your move. wolves aren't cool. <laughs> what are you looking at me for? <laughs> I just wanted someone else to see the die. Oh, yeah. Uh, And his second attack, because you are reckless, was a natural 20. Great. 13 points of damage. All right, that's going to be halved because I'm raging. Nice. Stan. Oh, man. If he took a swing at patience, I think I'm going to take a swing at him again. Okay. Hey there, buddy. I I don't think we should be doing that. She hit my dog. Uh, That's 17 to hit. That hits. Awesome. And uh, 10 damage. And assuming he's still standing, I'm going to spend another key and flurry. All right, roll it. Nat 20. Nice. And 10. Roll that nat 20 damage. 
So that's another 10. Capo. Uh, I'm going to take a step toward one of the, the two wolves that are still up here. I'm going to step up in front of it. Now listen here, you little mongol. You get the fuck out of here or I'm going to poke you so hard you wish you were never born. Uh, and I'm going to cast Vicious Mockery. And I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. That's a three. Uh, so it takes two points of psychic damage and has disadvantage on its next attack roll. Nice. Astrid. Okay, so with my halfling nimbleness, I can move through the space of any creature that is of a size larger than mine. Does this sheep count as larger than me, as it's size-wise? Uh, yes, uh, because in the module it says that it runs off of the pony stats, uh, so it is medium. So I'm going to turn around and climb up on this sheep's back, <laughs> and I'm going to cast Eldritch Blast at one of the wolves. All right, so I think that... Where do we start here? Why don't you give me... How do you think you're getting up on the sheep? Is this an acrobatics? Is this a, an animal handling? Oh, it's an acrobatics. All right, roll it. 21. Oh, yeah. You are able to leap up on the back of the sheep, put one hand around the collar, uh, and get your legs wrapped around its waist. Yeah, then I'm sending an Eldritch Blast at one of these wolves. Okay. That's an eight. That does not hit. I think you are on the back of this sheep, and it starts to to move and rustle. It's getting anxious as it's attacked. Uh, and your shot goes wild. Capo, the wolf in front of you, tries to bite at you with disadvantage. A 19. Yeah, that'll do it. I rolled a, oh. I rolled a 19 and a 20. Well, oh thank God. God. This man must be stopped. We keep forgetting when we say yes to him playing any game with a D20. Yeah. Like, He's these dice roll like shit other than the two 20s and a 19. <laughs> I'm, ro- I'm rolling an option where I can do one through 20, and I'm still rolling like fucking two. <laughs> uh, and you take eight points of damage from this bite. Okay. And Jake, make a strength saving throw. 15. You are able to stay up. You can feel that this bite, it rears its head back as it bites into you, and it feels like it almost knocked you prone, but you are able to stay up. I assume an 11 does not hit you, Jake. It does not. All right. Yeah, so the other wolf comes up behind you and tries to bite at you and misses. We are back around to the brown bear, and it is no longer charmed, correct? That's right. Um, so... It is reaching out with its big paw trying to pet you. <laughs> I feel like that's Megan's dream. <laughs> and Until... instead it just turns into a rake. That's perfect. You turn the bear into a common lawn maintenance tool. Oh my gosh. I appreciate you for saying that because that's all I pictured. But as usual, <laughs> I have to just it keep that in my head. And then just transforms into a rake and clatters to the ground. 17 to hit. Oh, that's less funny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that'll do it. Six points of damage. Patience. Guz hit me, so I have to hit him. Uh, that's a natural 20. Nice. That's 20 points of damage. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, my friend Guz. Uh, and now it is Guz's turn. Get her, Guz. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> We're magical pals now. I like to imagine that charm person is a two-way thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he is going to spin around again with his great axe. Natural one on the first one. And a 15 on the second, that does not hit either of you. You can see that as he spins around, there's like blood flying off of him. Almost like when the Homelander cleans his suit off. Oh. Stan. Oh, buddy, now now cut that out. And I'm going to club him again. Nat 20. Nice. Wow, a lot of these going around. I have to say, these are Megan's dice as well. She has these beautiful amethyst dice, and I'm totally using them, and they're doing great for me. I've never rolled this well with them, ever. (laughs) I've had them for like three years or something. Oh, Oh, man. 14 damage. Tass, describe this to me uh, as your blow kills Guz. 
you know, he's just taken this slash and I've, you know, delivered my my ultimatum to, to calm down there, buddy. And <laughs> the ultimate calming. Yep. Death. <laughs> um, and it's just a straight on poke with the staff to his forehead that snaps his neck back and there's a, a pretty nasty crunch. That's that's fucked up. Yeah. And I say, Guz, more like was. Oh my God, I love you so much. <laughs> and then turn dispassionately towards whatever I might have to do next. Capo. I feel like Stan just became like a Terminator. <laughs> Stan may be a sociopath. <laughs> yeah. He takes no pleasure in this, but it will get done. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pull out my drum uh, and give it a powerful slap. Uh, and I need that same wolf that I got last time to give me a constitution saving throw. Okay. 19. Ah, well, he hears a pretty cool drum. Nice. <laughs> he grooves a little to it. Yeah. Astrid. I'm going to give it another go with the Eldritch Blast. All right. 24. That hits. Roll your damage. That is three points of force damage. That same wolf is going to turn and bite up at you on the sheep's back. It does not hit with a 13. And the other one bites out at Capo. Oh my Rev. god! With a natural twenty, you I, you have to stop this. Goodbye, Capo. It's been nice. I'll see you in paradise. Nine points of damage. Okay, yeah, not bad. Could have been. Okay, been nice. I've got a third okay. of my health left. Uh, we are back to the bear. The bear only has eyes for patience because patience is the only one there. Oh. Uh, twenty-one with its bite attack. This is piercing. Okay, hits. For five points of damage. Okay. And then 20 uh, with its claw, which is slashing damage. Okay. Uh, 13. <sighs> How you doing? I'm not I'm not great. Yeah, I'm at 10 hit points. That's not bad. It's four more than I have. <laughs> uh, but it is your turn, Patience. Yeah, I'm going to try to kill this bear. <sighs> Do I make it reckless? How's this bear looking? Not terrible. Sturdy. Huh. Sturdy, like a bear. I won't be reckless then. Um, 24 to hit. That hits. Uh, 10 points of damage. Stan. Uh, I think I need to step over and take a swing at this bear. He's he's messing up my friend Patience. It's oh, yeah. <laughs> 12. That does not hit. Yeah, oh, dang it. Even so, I'm still kind of shouting, hey, hey there, get, get. <laughs> hey there, fella. <laughs> get out of here. Capo. I'm going to take a little jog over to Patience, uh, and I'm going to cast Cure Wounds. Okay, you're going to take two attacks of opportunity when you leave those squares. One from each wolf. Mm -hmm. Could I not? <laughs> I don't think so. Is there a way out of that? Could I do like a flip out of the way to... <laughs> Only a kick flip, so you have to have been on a skateboard. Yeah. It might miss. Uh, I'll go for it. Okay. 17 to hit? Uh, yeah, 17 hits. Okay. Uh, I'm going to use cutting words, though, um, as a reaction when a creature that's not immune to being charmed... Uh, that I can see within 60 feet makes an attack roll, ability check, or damage roll. Uh, I can expend a use of bardic inspiration, roll my die, and subtract it from the creature's roll. I can do it after the roll, but before knowing the result. Mm -hmm. So I'm calling it early. I'm going to try and reduce whatever this damage is going to be. All right. Uh, and the other one rolled a 19 to hit you. Oh, fuck me. What? Yeah, that hits. Sorry. They roll with advantage because they're in a pack. Oh, man. All right. Roll your bardic inspiration. Uh, I will reduce the damage by six. All right. You take nine, so you take three. Yay. And then the other one oh. is seven. <laughs> what am I at? All right. Four hit points left, baby. Uh, all right. But, That's uh, going to TPK us in the very first fight. But let's hit a let's hit a good old cure wounds on my good friend, Patience. Yeah. Uh, eight points of healing for Patience. 
All right, it is the wolf's turn. Uh, I think that one is going to turn around and, and bite at your buttocks. Put me on my misery. <laughs> Capo's had a good run. He's had, what, four glorious rounds of combat? What more could we ask for? <laughs> Uh, I don't think that hits with a 12. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I'm safe. Okay. Oh, thank God. I know I was talking a big game, but like, I don't want to die. Yeah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> this wolf has the terrible idea to run up behind Stan and try to bite and misses with an 11. Hey, hey, get out of here. Hey. Uh, we are back around to the bear. Patience will be even and Stan will be odd. Okay. Odd. I'm ready. Uh, 17 to hit. Oh, it goes to the attacker. Okay. 11 points of damage and 20. To hit? Yeah. Yeah. I hope. 12 points of damage. Oh, so I'm dead. You're just unconscious. Okay. You'll start making death saves in a second. Stan gets mauled by this bear and falls to the ground. Patience. How's this bear looking? Pretty beat up. Okay. I'm going to make this attack reckless then. Good thing I did because my first roll was a one. So that's a 24 to hit. That hits. 12 points of damage. And the bear collapses. Stan, I'm going to need a death saving throw from you. Okay. Here we go. Nine. Okay, so mark one failed death saving throw. Capo. Am I still going to get bitten if I step away from this wolf? Is it still close enough? Which the one in the adjacent square? It's diagonally adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> I moved you there as opposed to the other spot so that the bear wouldn't attack you when you cast your spell. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, it won't, it won't have advantage though because it is not close enough to the other wolf right now. Fuck, okay. I'm going to step away from this one, and I'm going to use my, my cutting words again to try and reduce its attack roll. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so roll it. Reduce that, whatever you roll by two. Nice. Yeah, so that is a, a nine. Ah, I would have been fine. Damn. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to run over to Stan and cure wounds again. Okay. Ooh, 11 points, Stan. It's the best I can do. Okay, awesome. So does that mean like I'm awake now? Yes. Yeah, okay. with 11 hit points. Nice. Astrid. I am going to cast Witch Bolt on this wolf next to me. Uh, which one? The one in front of you or the one next to you? The one in front of me. Okay. 25. That hits. Okay, so it takes three points of lightning damage, uh, and then on each of my turns for the duration, I can use my action to deal another d12 automatically. Okay. It is now the wolf's turn, and I think they both disengage and sprint down the city street and vanish into the crowd. Uh, I think I... Pop up to my feet, looking around in confusion. Well, that seemed like a, a pretty rough response for just getting a sheet back. Yeah, I think I'm wiping blood from my face and my jaw. Capo, care to tell us why we're protecting a sheep? Aye, well, he's not a sheep. That's right. I'm fine through a shine bright. All that that you just heard, that was uh, actually, I can hear him, his words. He's, uh, uh, so, sorry, run it by me again. What is it? Shine, shiny. Shine bright. Shiny, fin bright. Finther, oh. finther shine finther bright. Finther shine bright. Finther Shinebright, evidently he's a powerful wizard, and uh, those fellas work for his, I don't know, what master or student? Old yes, student? My, my apprentice. Yes. How much have you had to drink, Capo? A not insignificant amount, but um, irrelevant. I, I'm telling, I mean, I'm telling you what the sheep's telling me, so it might not be the truth, but it's my truth. <laughs> uh, can, can the sheep, or Mr. Shinebright, understand us? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Now, I can't really confirm this, so Mr shine bright if if really you can't understand us maybe lift up your front left leg you can see that he looks at you and furrows his brow in a scowl and then very slowly does it oh yeah i think i had it at the indignance but all right huh okay all right 
Shinebright, I know this isn't going to last too long, so let's get to the point here. So you're in danger. They turned you into a sheep. They're trying to get you back, and that's not going to happen now, or at least not until the wolves have somebody else to control them. So what can we do for you? Yes, I, I need you to get the wand that changed me back so that I can turn back. Well, where is it? It's in my old study where Noak has made his study. Yeah, where is that? It's, it's outside of town in the forest. Have you not heard of Noak? Noak is a great, powerful wizard here. He, he, he rules part of the land nearby. Have I heard of Noak? Roll history. Eight. You've heard the name. You don't know anything about it. It might be a bar. Do you guys know about Noak? Does that ring any bells? It's evidently that's the bad guy. And I don't know. You got to go to his house and get a wand. Uh, if anyone else wants to roll a history check to see if they know of Noak. Yeah. 20. 19. I'm a lore bard, and everybody's <laughs> going to know this except me. My intelligence is nine. <laughs> Seven. So Patience and Stan, you both have heard of Noak, and you know that Noak came into power about two years ago and has created a settlement out in the forest nearby that many people have flocked to to live. Like there is a little town around his tower uh, that, that people come to study and learn from him because he is very powerful, very wise, but also very cruel. And you can't imagine that if Noak wants Shine Bright back, that there will ever be an end to the number of people coming to get him. I think I walk up face to face with this sheep. I don't know how tall sheep are. This might still be towering over me. Yeah. <laughs> you hop off its back. Yes, I, I jump down and I walk around to face it. How long ago did this happen? Two years. And I'll just let you guys know I'm translating for you so that I don't have to do this every time. When you had this wand, where was it kept? On my person. I fell asleep one night and I woke up and Noak was staring down at me and I saw that he was holding my wand and I... (laughs) Gross. Tell me more about that. (laughs) It's a mascot thing. (laughs) And I saw that he was holding my wand and I went to ask him what he thought he was doing and it was just bleats that came out. Why did he turn you into a sheep and didn't just kill you? To lord it over me. Hmm, interesting. It means he's vindictive. Yes, he keeps me in a pen. All I have done for the last two years is eat grass while wolves just outside the pen stare and watch and drool. I don't like that at all. Well, what do you need? You want us to just go get this wand back? Or like, I mean, he seems like a rough guy. I wouldn't mind, you know, beating some sense into him, I guess. Yes, I need the wand so that I can turn back to myself and I can turn back all of the other things that he has that he has changed. No, don't, don't, don't be confused. This is no ordinary wand. This is my greatest creation. It is a wand of true polymorph. It means that you can turn someone into something, something into someone. Those wolves that you just fought, they're guards. Guards that he has hired. Yeah, I noticed that like in the eyes, there is a lot, a lot going on there, more than for a normal wolf. Yes. What sort of defenses did you have up around the tower, and what might he have implemented in the time since? I was so used to around my little tower being nothing, but there was ramshackle village that people have built up around, so it's hard to say. I crashed through an open gate and just sprinted in this direction because I knew there was a town here. And so the people in the little settlement around his tower, do they, they love him? Or, like, are they afraid of him? Or Yes. Yes, okay. So, like, what sort of resistance should we expect, then, from the townsfolk? Do you think they would, like, rally behind us or, you know, fight us off? 
I'm not sure. I, I, I didn't interact with the townsfolk. I didn't even know they were there till I was running out. He definitely has more guards that he has changed into, into animals, giving them great power. And then he himself, he is obviously a talented caster. Well, where can we hide you? Where do you need to go that you think you'll be safe? Well, I think I need to be with you because I, I need you to use that wand on me. Yeah, but you don't want us to bring the wand back? You just want to go right back in there with Noke? Oh. I mean, I see it's whatever. It's your oh, funeral. Oh, no, that's a good idea. Is there someplace safe that you could keep me? Uh, not that a wolf can't smell you, probably, unless we just cover you oh, in shit. Oh, that's true, unless you take me with you, the wolves. They'll, they'll find you. They'll unless find we... me again. I could put you with the uh, the power cords. Do You'd I... have some protection. Would they fight to save a sheep? Do you have money? Ah, fuck. All right, if you raise your left foot, it's a yes. If you raise your right foot, it's a no. Do you have a decent sum of money available to you once we change you back? Capo, you said right twice. Whatever, you know, you get it. Fucking left, yes, right, no. He lifts his left leg. Okay, well then, yeah, I think, you know, I could convince him to take a job on the promise of... Oh, by the way, everybody, I can't understand the sheep anymore. I don't know if you figured that out. Uh... I could convince him to take a job on the promise of a, of, a, of a hefty sum. Buy once for every hundred gold that you would be able to pay for your protection. Or maybe, what, a hundred thousand? Every thousand gold one buy? I don't know how much gold you got, but... Uh, that's not helpful. Is that three thousand? Okay. That's, well, that's up to six thousand now. Yeah, I'm real confused. Well, whatever. I'll come up with a number. And, you know, if you can't honor it, I'll just... Well, uh, well you'll owe us. Seven thousand. <laughs> 7,000 gold it is. He poops in the street. 7,500 <laughs> for your fucking attitude. <laughs> Doing you a favor. Yeah, I mean, okay, I'll just I'll turn to everybody else. How's that sound? Do we think we want to put him with, you know, I can put him with my crew and then we could go try and figure this whole thing out? Yeah, I, I don't like the sound of this, uh, this Noak fella being some kind of bully out there. Uh, I'm in. Yeah, might as well. I'm definitely interested in seeing what this wand can do. Yeah, sounds like uh, we should teach this Noak guy a lesson, but... uh. I'm not doing so good, guys. Oh, no, no, me neither. I think uh, maybe we go put him with the friends and then, you know, we catch some Zs uh, or Zs. I don't know how they say it in Scotland, actually. I don't know what, <laughs> what which way this accent goes. Uh, maybe get us some rest and heal up a little bit because uh, I am feeling like pretty fucking bad. Yeah, I like that. I like sleeping. I could also use rest. Very good. Come on, I'll take you to the camp. All right, so describe the camp to me when, when you arrive with Shine Bright. What? does it look like what kind of digs does he have what kind of protection uh so we've got like a uh like a training camp um kind of out in the woods outside of the town it's fort ish but it's not like heavily reinforced it's got tall wooden post walls and stuff but not that like you know not that would withstand a, a siege necessarily it just looks militaristic so we've got our walls and inside of it are a few hard structures mostly tents uh just a little area to train bigger tents to discuss jobs like a war room and shit like that. Um, so it's got manpower. There's like 30 guys in here. Um, but, you know, the structures themselves aren't aren't amazing. All right. So who are you dropping Shine Bright off with? And, and what are your instructions? Uh, I think I'm going to take him directly to the leader of the power cords. Filger. He is he is a, a powerful orc warrior. Uh, and I'll I'll tell him like. We've been promised a, a pretty hefty sum to uh, protect this sheep. So I'm going to take this lot and I'm going to go try and deal with, you know, the thing that's plaguing him. And if we can if we can figure it out and take care of it and the sheep stays OK, uh, then he's promised us uh, a hefty sum of 10,000 gold pieces. That's a lot of gold. Is that uh, 
worth more than if we were to sit down and maybe, I don't know, have a nice mutton dinner? 10,000? Yes, I think so. I think, I mean, we could go buy a, like a fuckload of sheep for 10,000. Oh, yeah? Well, you're going to buy some sheep, bring back, we'll have a, have a good meal? Sure. Yeah, it's Captain. Sure. If that's what you want to do, then. Yeah, this is like that, that thing where they're like, don't eat the marshmallow now and you can have two later. That's exactly what it's like, Captain. So I'm not. I'm going to not eat the sheep now. And you're going to bring me two sheep later. I'll bring you, yes. Absolutely, Captain. All right. Can I just say, your leadership is such an inspiration to me. Like, I don't know where I would be uh, if it weren't for your words of wisdom and your... You're just an inspiration to me, Captain. Thank you. You'd be, well, somewhere else. Probably dead. Oh, yeah. Considering the things I get into, I need... But it's fine. Watch the sheep, please. Just a master tactician, this captain. I know what you're referring to, but like knowing how much Rev likes marshmallows, like I feel like that was a personal anecdote. <laughs> I feel like Rev would fail the marshmallow test. <laughs> Probably. All right, so you leave Shine Bright with Filger and head to your respective places of rest. Uh, do you all have homes here? Or are you headed to an inn? Probably an inn. Yeah, probably an inn. Uh, what's the name of, of the inn here in town? The Drowned Toad. Sad. Uh, and I think that is where we will leave you at the moment as you all settle into bed at the Drowned Toad. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hi, folks. Let me see if I can sum up Midnight Burger in about 25 seconds. Really, big monster? Zero irony. Pardon me, Gloria. Might my husband and I have a word? The radio is talking to me. So this is how it ends. Eaten by wolves in space. There's a pocket dimension in the deep freeze. This is the stupidest dystopia we've ever been to. What the hell is that? Because you're having a cigarette? In 415 million BC? Where are we? Space? Can you narrow that down? The bad part? Ava! Yeah, that didn't work at all. At the nexus of all things, there is a diner. Look for Midnight Burger on your favorite podcasting app, or just go to weopenat6.com.